Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, the audio home for Resurrection Lutheran Church of Maumee, Ohio. You've got your daily Bible reading for November 15th, looking at Romans chapter 2. Therefore, you are without excuse, every one of you who judges someone else, because by judging the other person you also condemn yourself, since you, who are judging, are doing the very same things. And we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. Are you thinking that you will escape God's judgment, you who judge those who do such things and then do the same things yourself? Or do you have so little regard for his his rich kindness, his restraint, and his patience that you ignore the fact that the purpose of God's kindness is to lead you to repentance? As a result of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, when God will reveal his righteous judgment. God will repay each person according to what he has done, eternal life to those who seek glory, honor, and immortality by persisting in doing what is good, but furious anger to those who, out of selfish ambition, are disobeying what is true and obeying what is wrong. There will be trouble and distress for the soul of every person who does what is evil, for the Jew first and for the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, for the Jew first and for the Greek, for God does not show favoritism. Indeed, all people who have sinned without law will also perish without law, and all the people who have sinned in connection with the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but those who do the law who will be declared righteous. In fact, whenever Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature what the law requires, even though they do not have the written law, they are a law for themselves. They demonstrate the work of the law that is written in their hearts, since their conscience also bears witness as their thoughts go back and forth, at times accusing or at times even defending them. This will happen on the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge people's secrets through Jesus Christ. Now, if you call yourself a Jew, and you find your comfort in the law, and you do boast in God, and if you know his will, and you approve the things that really matter since you are instructed by the law, and if you are convinced that you yourself are a guide for the blind, a light for those in darkness, an instructor to the ignorant, and a teacher of infants, since you have the essence of knowledge and truth in the law. Now then, you, the one who is teaching someone else, do you fail to teach yourself? You who preach, do not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who detest idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, bring shame on God by breaking the law. Yes, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Indeed, circumcision has value if you observe the law. On the other hand, if you are a lawbreaker, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So, if an uncircumcised person keeps the righteous requirements of the law, won't his uncircumcision be credited to him as circumcision? The one who is not circumcised physically, but who fulfills the law, will judge you, who are a lawbreaker, even though you have the written law and circumcision. In fact, a Jew is merely a Jew who is merely one outwardly is not really a Jew, 
and circumcision that is only outward in the flesh is not really circumcision. Rather, a real Jew is one on the inside, and his circumcision is of the heart, a spiritual circumcision, not one based on carrying out the letter of the law. That person's praise does not come from people, but from God. This is the word of our God. God will judge each person according to what he does. And so we've got five key questions that I would like to refer to. These are uh, from a presentation by Pastor John Hine, and it's, it's basic stuff, but really encapsulates why we do what we do and what Paul is talking about here. Number one, do I believe hell is incomprehensibly horrible? Number two, do I believe I deserve to go to hell? Number three, do I believe heaven is unfathomably wonderful? And number four, do I believe Jesus paid an immeasurable price to keep me out of hell and get me into heaven? And number five, do I believe that God knows absolutely everything about me and yet loves me personally and unconditionally? And those questions that Pastor Hine highlighted really set things in focus. Because you as a Christian know what the unbeliever doesn't. And even what Paul talks about here is chapter 1. Those who do not have the written law are still lawbreakers in God's God's sight. Chapter 2. Those who do have the written law are lawbreakers if they break that written law. So chapter 1 aimed at the Gentiles, chapter 2 aimed at the Jews who had the written law in the you know the Ten Commandments and the entire Old Testament. And Paul says, who can measure up? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Do you measure up? Do you measure up to God's law written down? And, and as was the case in the early church, there was a bit of squabbling and a bit of um, one-upmanship I would say, based on one's own racial background, whether Jew or Gentile, and the religious background connected with that. The Jew might say, well, you know, I'm Jewish. Jesus was one of us. Jesus um, shares our, our race. And, and we had God's law. And so the Jew might take what he knew for granted and sit back and say, yeah, I'm circumcised. I'm that, that made me a Jewish person. I'm a member of the Jewish faith. And the Gentile might say, well, I came from nothing. I was a, a pagan unbeliever, and yet God made me his own. And there would be maybe some boasting there, as if the Gentile would say, well, God's grace to me is greater than God's grace to you, because look at what he had to overcome. And maybe God loves me more, is the implication. But these five key questions really focus us. Do I believe hell is incomprehensibly horrible? Yes. (laughs) We don't talk about what that looks like very often. But incomprehensibly horrible is about as good a way of putting it as you can get, aside from some of the very vivid pictures that we have in the book of Isaiah. Do I believe I deserve to go to hell? Absolutely. Do I believe heaven is unfathomably wonderful? 
Of course. We sing about it, and it's going to be far better than the cartoony images of bouncing around on clouds and strumming harps. God's picture is magnificent. Whether your idea of God's country is sitting out in the, the countryside, peaceful, quiet, trees and watching a sunset, or your picture of, of an awesome place, is a bustling city like New York City or Hong Kong and just the, the variety of people and the var- variety of activities and food. Both pictures are right there in scripture describing heaven as God almost goes out of his way to describe heaven as unfathomably wonderful in ways that we understand wonder. Number four, do I believe Jesus paid an immeasurable price to keep me out of hell and get me into heaven? I'll ask you that. Is that what you believe? We know what these places are like, their reality, that they last forever. And yes, Jesus did pay an immeasurable price to get you and keep you out of hell and get you into heaven. And do I believe that God knows absolutely everything about me and yet loves me personally, unconditionally? Of course. So my question, you know that. Do you know people who don't? Because that's kind of where Paul is going here. He's, he's leading up to chapter 3, the first culmination of this entire book. Chapter 3, where he, he lays out the gospel in its most, most clear form. And verse chapters 1 and 2, he's building the case that the Gentiles have, have nothing that they can stand on. God is going to judge them according to the law that he wrote in their hearts. And the law that he wrote in nature. And the Jewish people have nothing to stand on because even though they have the law, that's no good unless they keep it, unless they do it. And what he's driving at is that Jew and Gentile alike are both under sin and are both helpless and need a Savior. Tomorrow we'll get into chapter 3 where we learn about that Savior after we get to the strongest preaching of the law in almost the entire New Testament. But as we wrap up today, just keep that in mind. Jesus paid an immeasurable price to keep you out of that incomprehensibly horrible place and to bring you into that unfathomably wonderful place forever. And he has committed into our hands and our hearts this peace, this truth, and this message as something to speak about. So find, find a loved one, whether it's a spouse, a family member, a cousin, a sibling, and just take a minute and ask them, have you ever stopped to marvel at God's grace to you in snatching you from the jaws of hell and enthroning you in heaven forever? You can find us at 2250 South Hollandsylvania Road in Maumee, uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raised with Jesus. God bless your day.